Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Maybe tonight's been an encouragement for you. Maybe I get the sense for some of you here that tonight's been a little bit of a... I wish that was my kid. Or a, a sense of... Oh, I remember that one lad who, who used to come, but he's gone away. I get the sense that God would say to us, don't give up. Don't give up the hope. He's bigger than you think he is. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, a lad who I had given up hope on, he's now in his 20s. He messaged me on Facebook and said, Andy, last night I was in a nightclub in Mexico. I was like, wow, that's random. He said, and an American Christian spoke to me about God. And then I went home and I had a dream and God spoke to me in the dream. What do I do? And we're trying to figure out how we can meet up and talk it through. I don't know, but I know that God's bigger than I think he is. You know, in my head, I was like, one day he'll walk back into church and he'll hear Leon preach and he'll fall on his knees and say, what must I do to be saved? But no, God's bigger than we think he is. You might have kids that have walked away from Jesus. God's bigger than you think he is. God hasn't given up hope on them yet and you shouldn't either. You know, I've been doing this for seven and a half years and the hardest thing about this job is when young people and children and young adults walk away from their faith in Jesus. And I just felt God saying to me, I'm bigger than you think I am, Andy. I've got this. Just don't give up. Keep praying. So God, we pray for those that don't yet know you, for those that did know you and have walked away. God, we pray that you would help us to stay on our knees for them. God, would you help us to be like the father in the prodigal son story, waiting at the window, ready, ready to pounce when the, when the son makes a turn towards you. Lord, I pray for, for the people that have walked away from you. God, I pray for more moments like that American Christian in Mexico. God, I pray for moments where you would intervene. God, I pray for our kids who are perhaps now adults who, were, who grew up in the church but seem so far away from you. God, I pray for opportunities to speak into their lives. God, I pray that you would give us little windows, little, a little crack in the door that we can step in and share about you again, Lord Jesus. We pray for the prodigals that they would come home. God, I pray that this place and this church would be a place where prodigals come home. And Jesus, I pray that you would not let us forget them and that you would keep us on our knees for them. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Grab a seat. I just want to share something with you for the final two hours that we've got together. Uh, <laughs> um, I wonder, have you ever thought about what you want to appear on your gravestone? Maybe not, but, you know, I did a bit of searching on the internet and um, found some, some uh, interesting uh, gravestone titles. The one just said, I told you I was sick. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? There's another one that says, here lies Henry Blake, who stepped on the gas instead of the brake. <laughs> this one is my favourite. Here I lie, but don't you cry, for one day too, you will die. That's uplifting, isn't it? Um, you know, when I, when I thought about this, I thought, actually, the thing that I want written on my gravestone, the thing that I want people to remember me by, comes from Acts 
13, verse 8. And it's a verse about David. And it says this, now when, yeah, go. When, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. When David served the purpose of God in his time, in his generation, then he could die. You see, I want people to say about me that Andy Hancock, he served the purposes of God in his generation, in his time, and then when it was done, he died. That's what I want people to say about me. And David was a man who was called by God from an early age. He was called by God when he was in the next-gen department of his church, and God put, put a call on his life. And then David grew up to be an incredible leader. He grew up and he made some mistakes but he was known as a as a man after God's own heart and that's our dream and that's our vision for uh, children young people and young adults in the next gen department is that they grow up to be men and women after God's own heart and yes they will make mistakes but what what an incredible thing for them to be able to say at the end of their life that they served the purposes of God in their generation and then they died in fact David uh, wrote in Psalm 71 uh, verse 18 and I want to put this on the next gen wall um, and it says this even when I am old and gray do not forsake me my God until I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come David is saying even when I'm old and gray I want to be passing on the message of hope to the next generation let me say this you are never too young or too old to pick up the purpose of God on your life Maybe tonight you've been looking at a quip and thinking, oh man, I wish I, I wish I could do a gap year and serve God. Let me tell you this, it is never too late to pick up the purpose of God on your life. You are never too young. You might uh, see Jonathan on the stage. He is living out the purpose of God in his generation. He's nine, but he's talking to his mates about Jesus. He's finding a way to get closer to Jesus. You see, you are never too young or too old to pick up the purpose of God on your life. And tonight has been a focus on the next generation. And it is so, so key for us as a church to focus in on the next generation, to be uh, reaching. If we are going to keep on growing and we're going to keep on reaching people, we have to keep looking to the next generation. And what happens naturally in churches is, is the church congregation grows older um, and grows with the age of the senior leader. I am thankful that in Life Central Church we book that trend. And you know, I'm thankful that for, for Leon and Alison and their leadership and the elders' leadership that they have not allowed us to just grow old, but they have constantly fought against that bias to stay in, in kind of insular and look to the next generation. I'm thankful that I don't have to stand up here and say we should be a church that looks for the next generation because I think we're doing it. And I am so grateful. And, you know, hearing Leon speak at the Elam Leaders Summit last year about reaching the next generation. And I thought, man, I'm so pleased I work for a pastor like that. Because I have so many friends who are youth pastors who have to fight for their senior pastor to get, to get, to get their attention to look at the next generation. But we are so blessed to have such incredible leaders who are passionate about the next generation. But we are not a youth church. We are not a young adults church. We are a multi-generational church that is passionate about reaching every generation with the good news of Jesus. That's why it's not the next generation, but it's every generation 
every generation coming to know Jesus, every generation picking up the purpose of God in their life and going and telling and sharing the gospel with people. You know, in the, um, during the war in Iraq, there was a guy called Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Hughes. And uh, he received a goods package from the USA. And he was tasked with, um, with distributing the supplies to Iraqi, uh, kind of the people of Iraq who'd been displaced by the war. And uh, he had to take it and, and get it out there. And he knew that actually a white American going and giving it to the people uh, of Iraq was not going to go down well. So him and his superiors, they made this decision that they were going to take it to the local mosque and get them to deliver it. So they marched with the supplies, carrying the supplies towards the local mosque. And word got out and the locals thought that they were going to blow up the mosque. And mob mentality took over. And they started going to protect the mosque. And they were going to, to ready to fight to protect their mosque. And the lieutenant colonel realized what was going on and thought, I've got to do something here. So he turned to the rest of the soldiers and he ordered them to point their guns to the ground. Then he said, I want everybody to put your package that looks like a bomb but isn't a bomb to put it down on the floor. And then I want you to kneel. The most vulnerable position someone can take. They kneeled before this mob and then he said, look up into the faces of the people and smile. And in a moment, the mood changed. People realized that something different was going on here. That these people weren't here to harm them, but were here to help them. You know, so often when we think about generations coming together, sometimes it can be like we think they're coming to plant a bomb on us. And they're coming to tell us that we don't do this. And in my generation, we did that and you did that and all this kind of stuff. But man, our posture should be that of kneeling looking into the eyes of each other in each generation and smiling and saying, I'm here to help. What could God do with a church that did that? What could God do with a church that crossed generationally up and down? We took a knee before each other. We looked each other in the eyes and said, what can I do to help? You see, your age determines your generation, but your heart determines your posture. You know, one of the things I loved most on our Albania trip that it was, a, was that it was a cross-generational team. We had somebody in every decade. Every age was represented. We probably had about four different generations on the team. And, you know, I loved um, that the Bernard and Bob, who were in their 70s, shared a room with Harvey, who's, who's 19 or 20. And, and I loved that, that Harvey was finishing his theology essay and trying to get it submitted. And Bernard and Bob were helping him with it. They were giving him essay writing techniques. They were inputting theology. That is cross-generational collaboration. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 7, it says, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you your elders, and they will explain to you. I loved seeing Lakshmi encourage Elliot, who's only 11, but was on the trip with us. I loved seeing Ellie and Alicia look up to Karen Bridgewater, and, and, and just everybody was learning from each other in every direction. Learning and service was going on. Everybody was valued. Everybody had their moment to shine. We all learned from each other. And for me, it was just a, a micro picture of the church every generation Carrie Newoff said this he says it's hard 
to motivate a generation you don't understand. It's really hard to reach a generation you roll your eyes at and make fun of. We've got to try and learn to understand each other up and down the generations before you and the generations after you. Young people, it's time to stop rolling our eyes at the older generations and their weird music. Older generations, it's time to stop rolling your eyes at the younger generations and their weird music. We need to learn from each other across all the generations. That's why I love that the Next Generation uh, team isn't just a bunch of young adults, but it's people of every generation looking to tell the next generation of the wonderful things of God. There's a line in a Hillsong song that we're going to sing in a few moments from the song Hosanna, and it says, I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith. And I used to sing that as a prayer for young people. But it doesn't say the next generation. It says, I see a generation. I'd love to see every generation in our church rising up to take their place with selfless faith. Because your age determines your generation, but your heart determines your posture. Let me tell you, there's a place for you to serve in this church. There's a place for you to bring your bit that only you can bring. There's a place for you to find purpose in this church. And maybe God is calling you to be part of the Next Gen team. Grab a Get Involved card, speak to Sam or I or someone on the, on the Next Gen team. We'd love to sign you up after the due process, obviously. And maybe he's calling you to serve those who are older than you. Maybe he's calling you to serve amongst your peers. C.S. Lewis said this, you're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. You're never too young or too old to pick up the purpose of God in your life. God is not done with you. Let's all get to the end of our lives and it's a name, serve the purpose of God in their generation and then they fell asleep. I would love to see that. Band, if we can get ready to sing, you know, we want to see revival in our communities. We want to see people of every age and every generation come to know Jesus. We're passionate about the next generation. We're passionate about the now generation. We're passionate about the, I don't know what a politically correct way to say, the older generations. We are passionate about every generation because we're not a youth church. We're not a young adults church. We're a multi-generational church that is passionate about seeing every generation rise up and take their place. And I suppose the challenge I want to lay before you tonight is whatever generation you're a part of, whether you're a baby boomer, Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Y, or Gen ABC, or whatever you are, would you rise up and take your place? Would you play your part in the mission of God for this world? Would you step up with selfless faith and say, I'm gonna serve the purposes of God in my generation. And then when the time comes, I'll go up and I'll be with Jesus. Church, why don't we stand and um, let's sing this song together. That's a prayer, that's celebration, that's declaration and is prophetic. Let's sing this together as our response as we, uh, as we do close our time out together. Let's sing Hosanna. In this church, we, um, 
emerging generations, children, youth and young adults, we kind of put together and we call them next gen. It's like the next generation. Not that they're next, they're current. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. But they are the emerging generations. And we, we love the fact that we're an intergenerational church. We're multi-generational. We, we, we love people of every age. But we have a special focus, if you like, uh, on, on next gen. Because we really believe that as we see that coming through. You know, I think, men, and many of you guys are here and you're not in next gen and, and you're a little bit older uh, but you love being around the life don't you you know don't you you love being it thank you you love being around that and that's so so important and what we thought we'd do is is, is we'd highlight some stories and uh, and highlight some different people and Andy's going to come and share a little bit with us later as well so I'm going to invite some people who are not in the next gen but they're kind of serving in that or their parents so Chris and Sarah and Carolyn and Julian are going to come and join me on stage. Give it up for them. Keep the applause going till I get onto the stage. That would be great. Move a bit quicker. <laughs> Fantastic. We've got new stools. They're a little bit high, aren't they? <laughs> okay. So why don't you just um, very briefly say who you are and what your kind of stake is in Next Gen. Kind of, Sarah, we'll start with you. Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and um, I work across all of the Next Gen team really, serving in lots of different areas. So um, you might have seen me if you've got kids or young people uh, in DZs or free runners. Um, I do cruise on a Wednesday night and I'm usually out most Sunday mornings at some point um, in the back building as well. What's um, the specific thing that you do for us, Sarah? Because it is so amazing what you what you give to us. Um, so I, I suppose I help coordinate support for our children and young people who have additional needs. Um, additional needs is quite a, a broad umbrella term. Um, so most people are familiar with the phrase special educational needs, which is used quite often in a school and college yeah. context. Yeah. But um, additional needs is a, is a capture-all uh, term, I suppose. Um, Recognising young people or children that have um, barriers to them being able to engage and participate yeah. for lots of reasons. Um, sometimes it's an obvious reason like a disability. Sometimes it's not an obvious reason like uh, trauma that's going on in their home background or in their past, um, mental health, all okay. sorts of things like that. So, okay. yeah. Can I just say, Sarah is a, a blessing from God for us. And um, there's... When, when, because this is, this is Sarah's heart, you know, I suppose, I, there's no suppose about it, girl. That's what you do. And, and we are so grateful that God brought you along to us. Thank you. Julian, what, what's your stake in the game, as it were, with Next Gen? Well, I'm here as a parent. I have three children. My oldest two girls are now in their 20s. And uh, my son's a teenager. But they've come through the whole Next yeah. Gen process from crash, yeah. little treasures, Great. kids' own, DZ, youth all the way to young adults. Great. And uh, they've done all of that, and that's really helped them grow in their faith. Um, but also I'm here as a volunteer with the Kids Work, so Great. I've helped for a few years <laughs> on a Friday night and now uh, with DZ on a Sunday morning. Great. And, and you, you work with OM Life Hope, and, and that's what you do in that context as well, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. brilliant. Thanks, Julian. Carolyn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said to Carolyn, because she's from Kenya and I've just come back from Tanzania, that we do it in Swahili tonight, but no. we're, no, we're no, not, no, we're not going to do that. Oh, so go on. <laughs> not in Swahili, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what, what's your involvement in Next Gen? Okay, I've got uh, two girls who go, of course, to the free runners, but also I help 
in within the parent cafe. So we do have parents who come in, drop their kids and go home or go elsewhere. But we also have parents who don't want to go and just come and chill and they want to have a cup of tea and some snacks and we just sit down and have a chat. And that's what right. I do. I like to talk. That's why they gave me that. <laughs> you certainly can do that, yeah. And that's on a Friday night in the free runner space, yes. isn't it? So a lot of people who are parents, mostly who aren't church parents, dropping yes. off their kids in free runners into the parent cafe and yes. you go for them, have Absolutely. a chat with them. Absolutely. Amazing, brilliant. Chris, your, just your story as a family coming here is a little different maybe. Just give us a little, very short thumbnail on um, that. Yeah, about a year ago, we moved back to the UK from about 20 years in Asia, mostly China and Thailand. Um, and we moved to Hell's Own because of this church uh, through a contact that we had, a mutual contact with Leon. But, but literally, we came here and looked around. We were shown around by Andy and um, I think Andy and yourself. Yeah. Um, but we really made the choice to come here for the kids for various different reasons, which I could say now, or do you want me to wait? Go for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we've, we've basically for probably 15 years, well, for most of their lives, um, been in places where we couldn't go to fellowship without wondering whether the police were going to walk through the door. Yeah. Um, so, and they really didn't have much of an option for, for church, really. And we did have a church, but again, it was always kind of like, hush, hush, we had to be careful. Um, so coming back, it was like, no, we know that we need to have a place that is going to work for them. And we were going to end up in Bristol, partly because of proximity to families. But um, we came here based on the fact that they would, we knew that they would get what they need to kind of grow. Um, and I'm also, I'm, I'm just very committed to the fact that for their faith to be real, it has to be outside and com like, uh, what's the word? The values that we carry have to be yeah. carried by a community and they've got to be in that community so it makes sense outside of the family unit. And so having that clearly evident and available meant that we moved here and we didn't even think about it. So it really was church, home, job, kind of order of, of choice when we moved here. Great. Thanks, Chris. So, Carolyn, what have you seen God do in the kids' lives? Just give us a quick thing on what you've seen God do in children. Okay. Um, my children in particular, they love it because every Friday after school, there's that nagging, Mom, what time is it? I'm going. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but honestly, what I can say is um, the two girls that go, I have one of them that thinks she knows everyone. So when she goes there, she wants to know anyone. And I was told one particular time she said and she knows a girl and she wanted to show the little girl um, around and she felt um, because she knew her from school, it yeah. was a responsibility. And the little girl was, I don't know her, but she still wanted, <laughs> I know. <laughs> she still wanted to help. That was a good thing because you still have to, you, the same thing, morals you instill at home of find, uh, no, knowing people and helping people. You still want to see it carry forward wherever they go. The other one is um, she's very jumpy at home, very jumpy at home. At school, different child, very quiet. But when she comes here, jumpy again. So <laughs> the same way she's home. So she must be really comfortable here good, good. to feel the need to be like good. the way she is at home. Good. That's how I translate it. Right. And their growth in helping, their growth in, they talked about baptism. But yeah. the one thing I asked them, are you ready for baptism? One of them said, I'm not sure I'm ready for going under the water. I was like, that's not the point yet, but we'll get there. But just the fact they're having the conversations is right. amazing. Can, if she does get baptized, we don't do jumpy in the baptistry. Is that okay? <laughs> Jumpy's fine, just not in the baptistry. 
That's amazing. Sarah, let me come to you. What, what have you seen God do in, in the young people and children that you've been working with? Just some of the... We've got so many stories. I, I could sit here Just all night. give but, us a story then. Um, okay. Um, right. Uh, so from the kids' work, um, we have a young lady we started working with um, about a year ago who, um, when we started working with her, she got some quite significant needs and um, very limited communication ability mm. um, and really, like, uh, had lots of barriers to engaging and participating mm. in mm. the children's programme, so much so she was really uh, more at home with the toddler group um, yeah. in the ARC, um, so playing at a very young child level, yeah. but on her own, not alongside other children. Um, and we've had the pleasure of watching that young lady really growing into herself in the Great. last year. It's been absolutely incredible. And it's not just through what we're doing at church. It's obviously school yeah. and home life as well. But yeah. we pray into that and we're part of that every Brilliant. week. And her communication has developed. She's talking, wow. which she wasn't doing before. She's participating now. We've got really structured support around her. She has a one-to-one -one team that supports her in yeah. the, the kids' venue. Um, and she joins in with everything in her own way. Um, yeah. Her participation in things like group discussion is limited, obviously. Um, but she's able to engage with the support of a one-to-one -one yeah. and be completely included in the whole thing which is incredible wow, that's great um in our youth um stuff um lots of stories amazing stories um we've seen a lot of really good peer support happening in the youth mm. so one of the things that really blesses my heart is when um young people get alongside their peers who yeah. they see are having difficulties yeah. um and recognize that and um provide support naturally yeah. without having to allocate a special adult yeah. Yeah. because nobody yeah. wants to look weird or stick out do yeah. they yeah. um sometimes you do feel safe with an adult with you yeah. and that yeah. is the right thing for you sometimes but a lot of the time as a teenager being self-conscious yeah. yeah. it's nice to have support from somebody yeah. of your own age Amazing. who is part of your peer group uh, and just is there and kind of right. spots it. So we've seen some really good peer engagement in our youth group, particularly where they're getting alongside um, some of their friends who are needing a little bit of extra support right. sometimes. One of our young ladies who has been accessing Cruise for the last year um, gave her heart to Jesus last week. Right, um, right. come on. Yeah. Which is real, wow. yeah win so wow some great stories great. i could tell you lots more <laughs> i bet i bet yeah thank you sarah and i suppose you know just stories like that that represents a lot of time yeah. and a lot of investment yeah. uh, and i know from being a parent of someone with complex special needs it isn't just about the child the young person it's about the whole family That's right. and we're attracting more and more families with children and young people who've got special needs and we'll come back to that in a moment julian just as a parent what have you seen god do in your kids lives through the next gen ministry here? I think what I've seen and what I see now is that they're all going on with God. Great. They all have a, a strong relationship with God. They're telling their friends about Jesus. Yeah. They're serving in, in church. Yeah. And it's come through years and years of people investing in their yeah. lives. Yeah. Uh, people calling them, texting them week after week yeah. after week. You know, are you coming this week? This is what we're yeah. this is what we're looking at. This is the Bible passage we're studying, and not just in the weeks where they came, but the weeks where they stopped yeah. coming. Yeah. And that kind of investment yeah. has just paid off. And also, leaders seeing potential in my children yeah. of what they could do. And yeah. uh, you know, Ben at the age of fifteen, speaking to hundreds of people at Lim yeah. Limitless Festival, yeah. Yeah. telling his testimony. Yeah. 
or him and his mates yeah. being interviewed about their faith on a radio show at the age of 15 yeah. Yeah. because somebody looked at him and said, yeah. well, he's got that potential. So good. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And, and Ben and a couple of his mates have just finished the last Leadership Academy that we run here as a church. So with, when Sarah, you were on that as well. And Carolyn, you've been on that as well. So which was, which was, and actually, Chris, you were there as well on that last night. So that's so good seeing people develop. And one of your young your children just got married. Yes, Anna got married. On, sat- on right Saturday, on right Saturday. there. Yeah, Absolutely. Right there, yeah. Brilliant. Chris, for you, um, as, a, as a dad, four lads living overseas, come here, been here almost a year. What have you seen God do in your lads? And we're going to hear from one of them in, yeah, a, in a bit tonight as well, um, which is great. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm just so thankful because it's been a, a massive year of transition. But again, I think that there's been people that have called them out. And um, it's been the anchor that's meant this year has been less painful than it would have been otherwise. Um, and they, they, they're right here and they're probably thinking, oh, Dad, don't say anything. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but really, it's just been amazing to see. And I think that's the fruit in their life. They're just going on with God. People are calling them out. Um, they're being called to be who they are in Christ, genuinely, right. like as, as men of God, which has to happen outside the home. So I'm just really thrilled. We're thrilled. Great. I wouldn't have made it without it, I don't think. Great. These guys have been lifesavers, all of you out there, whoever you are. Because I can't see because of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, final question for you guys that are serving in Next Gen. In one sentence, why do you do what you do? Um, I like interacting with people. I like talking to people. Shocking. And um, so when that, of course, the um, vacancy or that position was not position, but when there was nobody, um, well, rather, we needed a lot of, a few people to help out, and so you just chip in when you can, and when that was available, I was like, that was perfect, I did it. I come here anyway, and I stayed for the coffee anyway, I might as well do something, so <laughs> I, stay, I stayed over, and yes, I do it because I love to do it. I like, also like the um, conversations, we have conversations yeah. with the parents, and mo- yeah. there are a lot of them that are non-Christians, yeah. so we can have normal conversations about the day, day yeah. stuff, but we have also conversations about faith, Great. and one particular lady, and I did speak to her today, and I did ask a little bit of a permission, I've just seen her journey, she's not been in church for long, and she started coming to free runners. Somebody told her about it, and she started coming. I can see her looking at me. And she started coming <laughs> to free runners, and the person that walked in the first time did look um, tired, did yeah. look, you know, like she, she needed that little break, and she came in, and she came the week after, and the third week, and we started seeing the change in right. her every right. time. The next time she brought in someone and the lady she brought said, I came in because I wanted to see what's her, what's her, what she's doing here that is making her change and become this wonderful wow. person. Wow, so the, good, so good. You know, and the, then the lady in question one time said that even if my kids didn't come on Friday evening just because they had other commitments, <laughs> I would still come. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Brilliant. That's to say we must be doing something right. That's so Absolutely. good, Karen. Thank you. Julian, why do you do what you do? You still serve in kids' work and you do that kind of in your, like, your day job as well. So why do you do that? Why do you keep doing it? There's many reasons, but one of the things that really excites me is that it bears fruit. Yeah. And I love it when I see people who I knew when they were nine or ten, and now they're over there worshiping with the young people, yeah. or they're leading worship, or they're becoming the next generation yeah. of kids leaders in this church. Yeah, so and good. that's so exciting to see that it Brilliant. bears fruit, and that that what you invest into them as children Brilliant. pays off later in life. Brilliant. That's really exciting. Amazing, Sarah. To finish with you. Why do you do what you do? It's 
difficult, demanding at times, rewarding as well, challenging. Why do you do what you do? Um, I think summing it up very simply, I really love children and young people, <laughs> and I want them to be able to engage with Jesus, yeah. um, regardless of what their barriers are. So, And God has made that such a big burden on my heart that I can't ignore that, and yeah. I have to do something about it. Yeah. So... Um, and my passion and, and the way that I talk with the teams that I work with and with the volunteers and the young people and the parents that I communicate with, it's about, you know, church is supposed to be a reflection of God's kingdom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, so often church can be a really difficult place for families of children and young people with additional needs because yeah. their child can't sit still or they can't be quiet during the service yeah. or they might come out with something inappropriate at the wrong moment yeah. or their behavior might be extreme there's so many yeah. what ifs isn't there yeah. Yeah. um and if we were to remove those barriers there were whole sections of the community that would be able to access yeah. church and that's wow. what my heart is wow. that's my passion wow. and i think there's a whole mission field out there in our community wow. you know that could be accessing church wow. if we could remove some of those barriers for wow. them so good I don't know about you, but I feel God's here, presence of the Spirit, and none of these guys are paid by this church. They just do what they do, you know, because of, you. Well, you've heard it, their heart, and this church that we connect with, uh, North Point uh, in America, I was there just a, f- a few weeks ago, and I went on a tour behind the scenes and on a recruiting thing for the kids' work, and, and basically they said, we ask our kids' workers to give us a year and every single week to come. And to shepherd this little small group and to take this small group of young people through a year. And, be, and, he, and he said, and what we do, we go to their ball games. We, we go with their family to their special things. And we, we, we inv- and these, and I just was blown away. And, and we've got a bunch of people and lots of others who have that kind of heart and commitment. And what could we do as a church if we had more people like that? Yeah. And, and I want to say to you guys, if God is stirring your heart, do something about it. Do something about it. You don't have to be trained. You don't have to be cool. I mean, you guys are cool, but yeah. But you just have to have a heart and a willingness to want to do it. Come and talk to Sam. Come and talk to Andy. They would love to talk to you. Why can't we? Why don't we express our thanks to these amazing guys? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Really smooth there. Brilliant. That was amazing just to hear from those guys. And I think, like, just to say as well, part of Next Gen is young adults. You know, we had a barbecue here um, in the atrium and outside on Sunday night. There were 70 young adults from this church here um, that are just engaging. And just, just to throw it out there, that um, the young adults connect groups are the highest attended connect groups in this church, um, which is just really exciting. And, you know, so many of our young adults serve across uh, Next Gen and across tech and all the other areas of church life as well, which is just incredible. Um, we thought it'd be really great just to hear from um, a couple of people, from kids, from youth, and from young adults. So I'm going to welcome to stage Jonathan, Karen, and Heidi. If you give them a massive round of applause. Fantastic. I'll let you guess which one's the kid, which one's the teenager, and which one's the young adult. Um, but Firstly, we're going to hear from Jonathan. So let's give it up for Jonathan. 
So tell us how old you are. Nine. Nine. Fantastic. So uh, I've got a question for you, haven't I? So why do you love Life Central Kids? Because it has games and football and skipping ropes. Fantastic. <laughs> and what's the other thing you've wrote there? Worshipping Jesus. Fantastic. You, you do like the worship, don't you, that we have? What's your favourite worship song? Who You Say I Am. Who You Say I Am. Fantastic. There you go, Dan. So, and what has Jesus been saying to you? What's God been speaking to you about at the moment in your life? Getting baptised. Getting baptised. Fantastic. And do you want to explain? Because you, you came to our holiday club, didn't you, that we ran, and, and God really spoke to you, didn't he? Yeah, and you really feel there's something you want to do. Are you excited by that? Yeah, fantastic. Give it all for Jonathan. Thank you, mate. That is brilliant. Okay, then we've got Karen. And you don't need me to ask you questions. You, you. So basically, my journey through church started at a young age, and it was a family routine to go to church every Sunday. At first, I did not know what to think of God and church, and I was just going because my family was, but I still had lots of questions to be answered. Before everything changed, I always believed there was a God, but then didn't believe in heaven and hell and why bad things happened if God was so amazing, and could there be more to how the world was created. However, in the last year, I feel like my faith has grown and everything is starting to change for me. A lot changed through worship as I started to experience God and enjoy and feel connected through worship. Even though I worry about death, I now believe that I will be going to heaven and everything happens for a reason and God loves and cares for me. Youth for Christ has also helped me through the Bibles I have made and designed. It has made reading the Bible more efficient to me as a person and interesting for me to read and engage with. Being in the youth has been such a massive part of my life as they have helped my faith grow and supported me in many ways. This year at the youth weekend I shared a bit of my testimony and I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of all my youth leaders. Andy, Laura and Lauren really helped me and pushed my confidence up to be able to do it. And since then, it has also helped my faith grow, wanting to share my story with others to make a change and talk to them about God and share my faith. Also, being able to be a part of the children's team is such a pleasure and gives me the opportunity to speak about God with the children and share my stories with them and also hear their stories. I have a passion for working with children and it is a pleasure watching the children grow and their faith grow. My attitude towards the leaders has also changed as I never used to get on with Samuel. <laughs> with Sam or Andy and always used to work against them instead of with them. However, the youth weekend changed this for me as I realised the leaders are not are for us and not against us. And they might get on our nerves but they are <laughs> but but they are doing what is best for us as young people. I'm now moving up to young adults which I'm very excited about and I am also excited to see what God has planned for my future. I love my experience at Cruiser and I will miss it. However, I know that moving up is best for me and will help my questions be answered and my faith grow stronger. The reason I want to now give back through kids work is because seeing how I have changed through the help of my youth leaders, I would like to be that leader to the children that will help their faith develop and see them grow into amazing young people. I love working with children because I love seeing them develop and grow and I have a passion for working with them. Fantastic. Thank you, Karen. That's brilliant.
Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. And then finally, last but not least, we're going to hear from Heidi and your experience of young adults. Um, so I'm Heidi and I moved here 18 months ago last January from Melbourne in Australia. And that was a really exciting change, um, something I was really buzzed for. I couldn't wait to move here, um, but it was also a massive jump away from the community that I knew and the life that I knew back in Melbourne. Um, but before I left, I felt like God promised me that um, anything I needed or, or the things that I really needed over here, he was going to give to me, whether that be a new job, um, a house or a community. Um, and when I got here, I really felt like those things fell into place. Um, and it wasn't without its difficulty. Last year was a really hard year. Um, I had some difficult moments because who would have thought that Birmingham would be a lot different to sunny Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I felt like one of the main ways that God delivered that promise to me was through the community here at Life Central. Um, and when I first moved here, um, one of the first things I started doing at Life Central was serving at Open House. Uh, yeah. And then not long after that, I started serving on the kids team as well. But I also joined a young adults connect group, um, which was an amazing experience. Our connect group met every week, um, which gave us a real opportunity to get to know each other and really start sharing our lives together. Um, and that was such an encouragement to me. I was so blown away by um, how generous and hospitable my new friends were. Um, and it really helped me to feel at home in the community here and serving the community here really helped me to feel like I was able to give back to the people who had welcomed me so warmly. So now I feel like Life Central is my home um, and I can't wait to get married here this July in three weeks. Yeah, um, so yeah, thanks everyone. Fantastic. <laughs> I was surprised husband wasn't in the list of things. Husband wasn't in the list of things you wanted God to provide. Anyway. So anyway, fantastic. Give these guys a round of applause. Thank you so much.